Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Statline Podcast. My name is Jordan, your host, and we are finishing up the Western Conference, looking at the Northwest Division and the teams surrounding that. We have a delicious little episode ready for you. Before that, though, a reminder, if you have any questions about today's episode or previous episodes or things that are happening around the NBA, hit me up at statline.podcast at gmail.com. Without further ado, let's jump into it. The Utah Jazz, the Utah Jazz, this offseason signed a couple of little players and had a draft pick and had a big re-signing. So, with their one pick in the second round, they picked up Jared Butler, the 40th pick. Look, he comes to a situation where he doesn't have to be a superstar straight away. He can develop under the Jazz organization who are contenders right now. So, it comes into a good little situation, maybe not playing minutes-wise, but has a chance to grow there. They then signed Rudy Gay on a two-year, $12 million deal, Brings in some veteran presence there at the wing position. Uh, has been around the league for a while now and I think is a nice little fit and signing for this Jazz team. They also signed Hussan Whiteside on a one-year $2.4 million deal, which he just comes in and plays the backup center role for Rudy Gobert. So you don't want Hussan playing uh, too many minutes, but not a bad backup big. They also then signed, re-signed their big target, Mike Connolly. Happy to do this. You can't let a guy go like Mike Connolly. He has been a little bit injury prone for this Jazz side uh, this last couple of years, but he is strong. He is what they want, and it does seem like when he is healthy, he's helped this team advance through to last year being the number one seed. So you've got to keep him around. You just hope that his health is good these next few seasons. Three years, it's not too long of a deal. 72 mil, well, Mike Connolly deserves that kind of money. A little bit much, but you're going to have to pay him. They also had one little sneaky trade after kind of the lull of free agency and everything, and they traded for Eric Pascal, Donovan Mitchell's buddy. Always good to keep your star happy. Also, Eric Pascal is a nice little ad considering they only had to give up a second rounder and some cash. Great deal because Eric Pascal is, again, a pesky defender, fills up the box score when he gets that opportunity and has shown that at the Warriors the last few seasons. So you just add another depth piece, another guy that can come in and give you solid minutes at this for this Jazz side that is already so strong. All right, let's have a look at... A couple of notable losses. Just two for me. Derek Favors has been their boy for a long time now. I think it just came to the point where they realized he's not bringing everything we need or want or would hope, and we're going to be happy to let him go. They bring Rudy Gay in to kind of replace his minutes and spot in the team. They also lose, and a sneaky little one, Georges Niang. Now, Georges Niang doesn't play a lot of minutes. Some of you go, who? Georges Niang would come off the bench and give them really good shooting and a nice little spark in many games. He would have five threes and you wouldn't even realize. You know, So I think a little piece that maybe missed more than Jazz fans realize. Only two notable losses. Let's have a look at areas concerned because it's not many. 
It's only Mike Connolly, really. Mike Connolly, can you stay healthy? If you can stay healthy, this team is going to be close to the number one seed again, a contender, and ready to rumble. If he's not healthy, it's going to be a bit of a struggle. They're still going to be an excellent team, but you need that point guard presence there next to Donovan Mitchell. Take some strain off him and also just continues to show how deep they are. They don't have to bring in Joe Ingles to the starting lineup, who can do that. But Mike Connolly, stay healthy, please, for this Jazz team. Looking at their positional depth chart, there's only one little hole I think they have, and that is at the power forward position. The power forward position, you look at the other two main contenders, if you're going to say main ones, and that is Giannis and Anthony Davis. There's others, obviously, but they're the first two power forwards that come to mind on championship level teams. And how are they going to go defending against these players? Besides that, there is heaps of excitement. This team is coming off being the number one seed out of nowhere. No one predicted it. They are coached arguably the best in the whole league. They fully love and buy into Quinn Snyder's rotations, offense, defense, and they are a delight to watch. The way they move the ball, play for each other, is second to none. They have also arguably the best defense bench in the league. Easily the best. You have two guys that pretty much won six man of the year. You have one that did, Jordan Clarkson. One that missed out, Joe Ingles. Just as good. And they complement each other perfectly. Jordan Clarkson, get your buckets. Joe Ingles, ISO Joe, IQ Joe, whatever you want, Jingling Joe, the Aussie, IQ through the roof. Loves to share the ball, but also one of the deadliest snipers in the league. So you've got those guys, you add Rudy Gay, you add Eric Pascoe, you got Husom Whiteside. That's just like the bench easy ones to name. Then you look, I haven't even mentioned the start at some starters like Bojan Bogdanovic. Like seriously, that guy puts gives you 25. This team is deep and they are looking to show at the whole league what didn't happen last year. Now, they got knocked out of the second round. Shouldn't have happened. They did have injuries, which definitely hurt them. You could argue with Mike Connolly and Donovan Mitchell healthy, they win the West, but they didn't. So they have a bit to prove. They're going to be coming back ready to rumble. This team is exciting, and I can't wait to see how they progress and what they do this coming upset cup upcoming season. Last season, let's have a look at season predictions. Last season, they finished with 52 wins and 20 losses, first in the West. This year, I have them coming in at 52 wins and 27 losses. That is second in the West, finishing in this division number one. What do you guys think? How do you think of the Jazz go? Do they do as well? Not as well? Better? Let me know. Moving on to the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Minnesota Twin Bulls' first big move was to hire a new head coach. They bring in Chris Finch. First time he's been a head coach of an NBA team. He has, though, 24 years of coaching experience, including the EuroLeague, the D-League, and the NBA as an assistant coach. Over the last 11 years, most recently, he has been an assistant coach for the Rockets, the Pelicans, the Nuggets, and the Raptors. Most recently, the Raptors under Nick Nurse, which is... Awesome to see one of the better new coaches in the league. So that is exciting for all Timberwolf 
Timberwolves fans. They also had one pick in the first round. They picked up Leonardo Belmaro, the 23rd pick. He's going to have an opportunity for this young team. A little bit of opportunity, maybe not heats, but hopefully he can be the player that they uh, hoped when drafting him. They had a couple of little trades. They traded for Pat Beverly, the pesk, the menace, Pat Beverly. He's going to be waving towers and shouting at players on the sideline. He's going to be backing up your big stars. He is a guy that really, not a bad ad for the Timberwolves. Someone maybe they need to just bring passion, to bring excitement, to talk up their stars and be a guy there that can also be an assignment for the opposition's front court. They also signed for Tarion Prince, uh, traded for Tarion Prince. Uh, Tarion Prince has shown us a little bit in the league. Uh, he played at Atlanta for most of his time. He will get a chance, I think, off the bench. And let's see how he goes. Let's see how he goes there. Uh, they also then signed in free agency a Jordan McClung. Three-year, $6.5 million deal. He's going to play backup point guard. Small deal there, but that's all you want to pay Jordan. And look, it's just a backup point guard role. The big re-signing for the Timberwolves, though, I will say, was Jared Vanderbilt. Jared Vanderbilt, three-year, $18 million deal, $6 million a year, is a steal, I think a steal. He was a bright spot in the Timberwolves season last year that wasn't very bright. Uh, he had the opportunity, and he grasped that and played really well. Played some good basketball, showed us that he is very ready for this league. So good signing there. They didn't do much more than that. So, yeah, going to address that in a second. Notable losses, Ricky Rubio tried to come back. Get out of here, boy. Didn't work out. So, poor Ricky Rubio, second time round in the Timberwolves, didn't work out. Didn't make sense why they traded for him randomly last season anyway. So, that experiment is a bust. They also lose and kind of give up on Jarrett Culver, one of their number one picks in recent years. Uh, he wasn't number one pick, but first round pick for the Timberwolves. Didn't work out the way they would hope, and they had just decided to move on from him. Let's have a look at some areas of concern for this team. I have kind of mentioned it. Where is this team headed? The offseason wasn't productive or as productive as they probably would have hoped. Are they going forwards? Are they going backwards? Let me know what you think. Hit me up on the email statline.podcast, have the Timberwolves move forward or are they just plateauing or are they actually moving backwards? Because I'm really not sure. You're going to hope that your big three, let's call it a little three, little, little three, of Anthony Edwards, Cat, and D'Angelo Russell take you somewhere in this Western Conference Finals, uh, Finals, Western Conference that is already loaded. I have questions. Mike Malik Beasley as well, just causing the front office headaches. I mean, when he concentrates on basketball, he is a good baller, but he often gets himself and has been getting himself in trouble. So this franchise is... They're struggling. Are they struggling? And now there is a bit of hype around them heading into the season, but there has been for a number of years now. And there just isn't any proof in the pudding. Let's have a look at some excitement because it's been 
a little bit dark there for a while. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Timberwolves fans. Areas of excitement. Anthony Edwards. I mean, come on. you got to get around him. The guy is an excitement machine. He sells tickets. He brings people to the stands. He puts people on posters. He is a aggressive offensive player. Finished first among all rookies last season in scoring and second in Rookie of the Year votes. He's only going to get better. Another offseason for him to work on areas he needs to work on. Hopefully a little defense in there. He's going to come back better and will help this team. The other excitement is I do think there's a high chance that Carl Anthony Towns has a really good season. If he stays healthy and stays on the court, he'll be a top 10 guy in this league. That guy that everyone thought and thought could be when he was first in the league, the GM survey for the first three years of his career, two years in a row, they voted him the guy you want to build around your franchise. Can he be that player again? It is possible. If you saw the photos of that boy's ripped abs at press conference media day, he is looking fit. So can Cat stay healthy and be fit? And ready to roll. And with him, Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell staying healthy as well. Again, just health concerns around this team. They could make a little push. I'm not saying it's impossible. I just say I want to see it. The, also, the coaching hire is the exciting thing. Bringing in a new coach, new schemes, new thoughts, new vibe, and has a lot of experience. I do like that for the Timberwolves. Let's have a look at some predictions. So, last year they finished the season at 23 wins and 49 losses, 13th in the West. This year I have them coming in at 27 wins and 55 losses, 13th in the West. Fourth in this division. OKC. OKC had four picks this year's in this year's draft. At number six, they pick the Aussie, Josh Giddy. Shout out to the Aussie. This was probably the first big surprise, big surprise of the draft in the sense of Josh Giddy predicted around the 12-ish mark, maybe, maybe 9 or 10, but Josh Giddy coming in at the 6th pick definitely took people by surprise, but I feel like he is surprising people in his preseason gameplay. He is looking good in preseason. You can't take anything from preseason, but he is looking nice. Let's see. Um, Trey Mann at the 18th pick. A bit of an odd pick just because they picked him at the 18th pick and he's a point guard, shooting guard a little bit, but like they already have that. They picked Josh Goody, so a bit of a strange one there, but he's going to get a chance. Then they uh, also picked up Jermaine Robinson Earl, Robinson Earl, the 32nd pick, so second rounder, and Vit Kurjic. Vit Kurjic. Vit, hopefully I said that right, my man. 37th pick. So both of those guys, second rounders, but on this rebuild team, they're going to get opportunities even if they are two-way guys. They then also traded for Derek Favors, bringing in Derek, Derek Favors as a veteran guy to help the growth of their young core and will give them some good minutes as well. I think not a bad not a bad bring in for OKC. You want to bring in some veteran guys around the club um, for these young guys as they grow. They also then signed Charlie Brown on a one-year $1.7 million deal. Charlie, no idea who you are, my man. Good luck. Have fun. Mike Mascala, two-year $7 million deal. Stretch, stretch power forward, stretch center there. A couple of years there. 
He's all right. He's all right. Why not bring him in? And then the big focus, the big focus was re-signing and extending a contract extension on SGW, Shai Gillis Alexander Walker. This guy is their main franchise piece. He is their focus. And I think this is a good decision by the OKC. It shows faith in SGW. It shows, it goes, here's the keys to the kingdom, my man. You are our focus as well as these young guys lead away and i think that's a great thing notable losses they had a couple of small losses only one that i want to mention and that is moses brown uh i i do i think moses brown showed a bit last year for okc he gobbled 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 those rebounds like picked up 17 rebounds in one game or more than that he is lanky he blocks shots he's super young so i thought that he maybe had a future on this team but nevertheless they're moving on from him areas of concern and excitement headed into the season areas of concern how do the picks work out how does the growth of this new development young core team go how does pushing that rebuild button pan out does it work for the better does it not don't know i am interested to see that like josh giddy i need to see some offensive explosion on the points end like show me your scoring can you score consistently you can see the court elite i think his vision is amazing defensively he's nice he rebounds the ball well for a guard but can he point put points up easily or somewhat consistently in this league Trey man what happens with you guys like um darius baisley does he continue to develop um lou dort how does he go under everything? So it's all about how do the development of these young core go? And do they progress? Do they move forward or they don't work out? And it's really important when you hit that rebuild button, you don't want to be constantly tapping that rebuild button. You want to only have to push it once, spend a couple of years. They're going to be in rebuild for a couple of years. Pick up really good uh, draft picks and rebuild. So they're rebuilding around SGW and how does the rest pan out? That does definitely lead into the areas of excitement. So it's one in the same in the sense of this kid can work out. I actually think they've started well. Lou Dort out of nowhere is an elite defender. I think a nice little bold prediction for you. He, Lou Dort, can be and may be and no, not maybe, will be in second or defensive team this upcoming season. He's an elite defender. He gets the hardest assignment every day and he delivers. you got SGW, his leadership. I don't need to talk any more on him. He's shown a lot. You also have Doris Baisley. I think he showed enough last year. If he continues to grow the way he did, he's going to be nice. Then Josh Giddy, obviously, is probably the next big focus. It is exciting. And hopefully they play an up-tempo type of offense and pesky defense. And we want to see OK take the steps. Now, it's not going to be a playoff-bound season. Uh, In fact, it could be near the bottom. Let's have a look. Season predictions. Last season, they came in at 22 wins and 50 losses, 14th in the West. This year, I have them winning 23 wins and 59 losses. That is 14th in the West, 5th in this division. Now, again... That's okay. You're rebuilding. Don't stress OKC fans. Let's have a look at the Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets had 
One draft pick this year, the 26th pick, they picked Bones Highland. Probably my favorite name coming out of the draft. Bones. The Bones Highland. Coming in at 26th pick. He, again, comes into a good situation where he doesn't have to be a superstar. He doesn't have a lot of pressure. He can just fade away into the background, let Denver have their success while developing and becoming a really good player for this Denver team and in this league. They signed Jeff Green on a two-year, $10 million mid-level tax uh, contract. Great signing. Jeff Green, shout out to Jeff Green. He is just one of the most consistent vets in this league, and I think he brings a lot to this Denver team. They re-signed Will Barton on a two-year, $32 million deal. 16 mil a year for Will Barton. Maybe a little overpaid, but I do like it's only two years because he has been a little injury prone. So if it does happen again, you're not stuck with him for too long. They re-bring in, re-sign Jermichael Green for a two-year, $17 million deal. He's a good little backup, power forward center. Again, I shouldn't say little. He's a big boy. Uh, Austin Rivers on a one-year, $2.4 million deal. Austin Rivers uh, showed some fights and some yeah, just some passion again at Denver, and it was good to see him do that. And they're going to need him, especially while Jamal Mar- Jamal Jamal Murray is out. So good one for them. Michael Porter Jr. Biggest thing that they did off all off season, Denver. They extended Michael Porter Jr. Contract extension five years. $172 million. To add to that, it's $207 million contract if goals are matched. So there'll be goals like make an all-star team or whatever. If he meets them, $207 million. I'm just blown away. Blown away. I, I, why? What? Why? Michael Porter Jr. is not that guy yet. I'm sorry. I am sorry. He has shown that he can fill the box score. He can put up points. And he's an exciting player. And all that. Five years? Max? $172 million already? Denver, you're crazy. You're crazy. Don't like this signing, as you can tell. Oh, it might work out. And if it does, I'll eat my words happily on this show. Come on and say I was wrong. But I'm telling you I'm right. Michael Porter Jr., come on. Okay, some notable losses. Paul Millsap and Javal McGee. Two biggest losses. Paul Millsap, the biggest one there. Uh, He'd been with the team for a while. I really thought he was going to re-sign, but didn't. Um, So, yeah, it didn't work out there. They bring in Jeff Green to replace him, I guess. Uh, and Javal McGee just was a good backup, I think, for Jokic. So, yeah, a couple of little losses there. Uh, but they'll be all right. They'll be all right. Areas of concern. Into the season now. How long does it take Jamal Murray to come back? And how does he go when he does come back? We can't assume he's going to come back the Jamal Murray of old. Or at least straight away anyway. And this team in a Western Conference that is so deep and so tough, you need the wins on the board. So missing him for at least... I think that the schedule at the moment says that he will be around Christmas, New Year's at best. So that's like... 
uh, that's that's a that's a bit of a rough one for them in the sense of they need him around. Hopefully, he when he does come back though, he is strong because they are still a very competitive team and will be up there in the West. If he can come back strong and pretty much ready to rumble, they will be okay. On top of that, areas of concern: how do they go without him? How does Jokic go, being the main guy? Can Aaron Gordon be the second guy next to him? Does Michael Porter Jr. live up to that big payday? I, I, I'm I not sure. I'm really not sure. So, yeah, it's a it's an interesting one. It's a it's an interesting one, and it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. They do have probably the best home court advantage in the league, so shout out to that. Uh, and, yeah, let's have a look at Era's excitement. It has to be said, they did sign Michael Porter Jr. on a max. So it is exciting. I think all Nuggets fans are excited. It will be excited because, I am excited because, he has the chance to be the second guy. So he has to be the second guy because Jamal Mari is out. So he has the opportunity to live up to this hype to go, okay, I'm ready. So, Michael Porter Jr., prove me wrong. Let me see it. Let me see it. Also, this team is deep. They coached well. They have the reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic. Now, Yukola Jokic is probably, in my opinion, the most overrated MVP. Oh, I'm not a big Jokic fan. I just really wish he'd trim down and be a little bit more focused on that end. But, hey, he's the MVP. He sees the ball better than any other big in the league. The way he can distribute the ball is incredible. So it is exciting. I am excited to see if he can live up to that MVP level because I'm excited to see him fail. I mean, no, come on. I got to stop. But they are one of the best teams in the league when they are all there and healthy. Uh, how does Jokic go? How does Michael Porter Jr. go? Can Aaron Gordon be what they hoped? Again, questions. All right, season predictions, season predictions. Let's have a look. We have last season, the Denver Nuggets coming in at 47 wins and 25 losses, third in the West. This year, I have them coming in at 46 wins and 37 lo- uh, 36 losses, sixth in the West. So I have them coming in at sixth and third in this division. Now, to my listeners, was I too harsh on Denver? If you think so, hit me up, bag me out. Whatever you want to say, go for it. I understand. And a quick shout out to the Denver fans out there. I'm sorry, no offense. I do like Denver. I just, I, I want to see more. I want to see more. All right, jumping into the last team in this Northwest division, and that is Portland Trailblazers. My boys, now on this podcast, I will do everything I can to not be biased at all to Portland, and I am going to prove it with what I say here with about Portland. Uh, so, Portland Trailblazers this offseason, the first thing they did was hire Chauncey Billups as head coach. He There was a lot of media around this, not positive media, media at first, um, especially around the allegations earlier in his playing career and why and everything around that. Not going to jump into that because I don't know enough about it. But for Portland, they get a new coach. They move off Terry Stotts, which I think is good because he was stagnant. Uh, And they bring in a guy that played on one of the best defensive teams ever. So massive, massive for this Portland team. And I'll touch on that 
a little bit later why that's so important. Now, his coaching experience, he recently was the assistant coach under Tyron Liu at the Clippers. Um, there was a lot of good buzz around his um, player, uh, player professionalism and relationship he had with players. So that is a good thing for Portland. Uh, besides that, he hasn't actually done a lot of coaching. Uh, they signed him for a five-year deal, so they're showing a lot of faith in him. So they're going to have to hope that it works out. Other moves. They jumped into uh, the second round of the draft by picking up Greg Brown the third for the 43rd pick. He's shown a bit, and they signed him to the 15-man team. And they also signed, after the draft, Trendon Wadford for a two-way contract. The only way reason why I bring up him on a two-way is because I thought he deserved to be drafted, Trendon Wadsford. So not a bad little two-way pickup. Then they hit the free agent market and they hit the minimum market. So uh, Cody Zeller, one year, $2.4 million deal minimum. Tony Snell, one year, $2.4 million deal minimum. Uh, they also bring in Ben McLemore, uh on Ben Mac uh, on a one-year $2.4 million deal. And the, the main focus of their free agent period was Norman Powell on a five-year $90 million deal. Really important to bring Norman Powell back. Five-year $90 million deal, I think, is a steal for other guys of his caliber that got signed. They were getting signed north of $20 million a year. So that is a good signing for the Blazers. They also bring in Larry Nance Jr. on a trade. Really good trade for the Portland Trailblazers, bringing in some versatility and defensive-minded guys for their bench. Notable losses. They uh, rejuvenated Carmelo Anthony's career, and he is now gone. But it was good to see him in a Blazers uniform for a little while there. Ennis Cantor came back for a little bit, gone again. Derek Jones Jr., I think it would have been nice to see him under Chauncey Billups. Didn't work out. And Zach Collins. Zach Collins was their 11th draft pick going back a few years ago, but injuries has caused a lot of issues in Portland for Zach, and it just didn't work out. Areas of concern. It has to be the defense. This Portland Trailblazers defense stunk. It was so bad last year. 29th. In the NBA, they were closer to 30th defense than they were the 28th defense. So they were closer to being the worst defense than any better than they were. It was not pretty. How does Chauncey Billups help this Portland defense? Can he improve that? And are the new guys a good fit? And do they help? And the reason why I say this is there was so much talk in the offseason about Damian Lillard wanting out. And obviously, he's come back and said, I'm 100% in. He is 100% in for now. I'll say he is 100% in for this season, but this does have to improve. So are the new guys, do they fill that bill? Can they fix up this defense and be a top four team? Areas of excitement. Well, Lillard is in. So he's 100% in. I think he's going to give at least one year for this Chauncey Billups era. And if it pans out, he will be a Portland Trailblazer for life. So you've got to be excited as a Blazer fan that Lillard is back. And in all press conferences and training camp videos, he seems very excited. New coach, new Nurk. So Yusuf Nurkic is looking much, much happier in Portland than he was at the end of last season. 
If Terry Stotts had stayed, Nurk would have been out. So Nurk has stayed. He seems happy. He looks fit. He looks healthy. He, If he can come back to that 15, 11, and 7 type of center, that will be huge for Portland. You have to also be excited by uh, Norman Powell, the Norman Powell signing, and Larry Nance trade, and Rocco being paired with Larry Nance and the defense that those three bring. You've got to be excited about that. And obviously, Chauncey Billups. You've got to shout out Chauncey Billups, new coach. That brings a lot of buzz around them. They also have CJ, bringing CJ back. He wasn't traded. So there is a lot to be excited about as a Portland fan, as long as that defense is fixed. If that defense is not fixed, we're in trouble. Season predictions. Last season, Portland came in at 42 wins and 30 losses, sixth in the West. This year, I have them coming in at 53 wins and 29 losses. That's right, third in the West, division ranking of second. Now, before you all just hit up my emails and tell me that I'm crazy, one thing, I could argue a lot of things, but one thing I will say, last year, they were only two wins away from fourth, a few more wins away from third. They were missing CJ and Nurk for a good third of the season, last season, and if they are healthy in here the whole season, that's just one little simple argument. You also add Larry Nance, who last year was in the top 10 of deflections in defense, getting steals, and Rocco was also in the top 10. So you now have two top 10 guys there. So as long as they fix that defense, third for the West. That concludes the West. We are finished with the West. We are done. We are moving on to the Eastern Conference. Next episode, we will look at the Central Division, which has the champions in it. Yeah, that's right, the champs. We're going to look at them next episode. Before the season starts, we're going to have a look at every single one of these Eastern Conference teams, as well as one episode for season predictions, some bold predictions, some Rookie of the Year, MVP, all that we'll predict as well. For now, I hope that you had a awesome, awesome time with me this morning or afternoon or whenever you are listening. Be safe. As always, delicious, delicious, delicious. delicious.